it is time to get solar powered. We welcome you back to the Solar Powered Podcast. My name is Ryan Hall from Royal Hearts Media. And I think we've got a really fascinating conversation with us uh, uh, with us here today. Her name is Christina Crook. She is the CEO of Empowered Human, an ontological coach, of which I am also highly trained in myself. And we're going to talk about a topic that when I first saw this word, I could have sworn it was a Def Leppard album title, but it is a very deep topic that we've we've been riffing on for the past, uh, you know, 15 minutes or so. And I think we've got a really fascinating conversation for you here today. So let's head out to the West Coast and talk to Christina Crooks. Christina, welcome to the Solar Powered Podcast. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you for having me. No, my pleasure. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, just kind of let us know a little bit about just who you are, like what your story is, what your background is. Absolutely. Happy to share and grateful to be here. I have been an ontological coach for the last five years and was trained by a man named Hans Phillips that has been an ontologist for over 30 years. He's been an executive performance coach and and coaches people in high tech and as founders of companies and things like that. An amazing human being that also started Accomplishment Coaching, which is a pretty renowned accomplished or a institute for ontological coaching, and it is now an ICF certified organization. So I'm a graduate of that beautiful program, by the way. My coach created most of the program materials for that. So it's uh, he was one of the co-founders. So I love this work, and I love being able to support people. And I think the thing that has really resonated for me is that it's about distinguishing our reality and how we are relating to reality through questions, through through inquiring in ourselves and really taking our own temperature. And I, my journey with this kind of work started in my high school years, about 20 years ago now, when I was working in a group of teen leaders that were chosen in our districts to teach choice theory to teachers and administrators. And choice theory was developed by Dr. William Glasser. And the idea of choice theory was that we all have a quality world and what is important to us goes in the quality world. But in order to determine what is there, it goes through our personal filters. It goes through our values filter. It goes through our experiences filter, our senses and our emotions. And then once it goes through there, it goes to like this stoplight of what we like and don't like and what we're neutral to. And that's different for everybody. And then what's in the positive section goes down into our quality world. So an example I used to give 20 years ago was that a someone who's in a gang is gonna have a very different quality world than someone who's not in a gang because they're gonna be meeting their needs of love and belonging by being in that community. So we're always doing things that are meeting our needs. And so that was my first introduction to personal growth and loving this kind of work. And as, as a teenager, I had a lot of shame in my life. I had a lot of not enoughness, a lot of hiding, a lot of, let me create a mask that other people can see and can relate to. And I can, I can show up and be cheery and put a smile on my face 
and then I'll go home and cry later because I feel worthless. But most people didn't know that. I could separate between my professional self and my personal life, and they often did not cross over. But when I found this work, between this work of ontology and my own spiritual growth and really standing in that and standing in the acceptance of those belief systems that I hold, my life changed dramatically. And I no longer bottom out into this place of shame or fear. They still come up, but I know where they are now in my beingness. Now I get to stand on stable, sacred, sovereign ground because I have an inner liberation in myself, but it's a process. And we, I know we're not going to talk today about what I consider my seven keys to personal liberation, but that's a different conversation, but it's, it's embedded in what we are going to talk about, which is pronoia. And pronoia is the belief that the universe is conspiring in our favor. And pronoia gives a foundation that anyone can stand on. So that's kind of the, the short version of what got me to here. Well, thank you so much for catching us up. I find that I find it very fascinating that so many of us who find this work come across this work through similar circumstances, through feelings of shame, through feelings of not enough, through filters like I'm never going to amount to anything. But then when you see that, when you just get out of your own way, abundance is there for the taking. Like there's a, like I just flashed on a lyric from one of my favorite Earth, Wind and Fire songs called Mighty Mighty. There's a line in the chorus that, that says, in your, in your heart lies all the answers to the truth you can't run from. And I find that such a, like really such a powerful place to stand myself. And yeah, I just, again, I just find it very fascinating that so many of us who find this work come to it through very similar circumstances. It's funny that you mentioned earth, wind and fire, because I have a friend that, um, I know a lot of people in the entertainment business because my dad's been in the entertainment industry for about 30 years. And I have a friend that I haven't seen in a couple of years that I just saw about two days ago. And she was the production assistant for earth, wind and fire for 10 years. And um, so I've spent time on those sets backstage and around earth, wind and fire and seeing their shows live and doing pieces of driving the band different places when they were at a venue or, you know, picking them up different things. So it's, okay, I love okay. the, the serendipity of you bringing that particular band up when I was just talking about that two days ago. <laughs> I did not think this would devolve into a t six degrees of Philip Bailey conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I, I love to point out serendipitous moments because to me, totally that tells us we're exactly where we're supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. They're aligning I, and clicking into place. I, re I really get that. I really get that. Let's talk a little about pronoia. We've been, before we rolled this recording here, we've been kind of riffing on it for the past 15 minutes or so. And I've 
it's a topic that I find, first of all, very fascinating, but also second of all, I find it very relatable in my own life right now through some of the changes that I'm looking to make through some of the business opportunities that I have in front of me. And um, yeah, can a belief that the universe is conspiring with you. A different me would have fought you on that concept. <laughs> but if I really take my foot off the gas, I, I can really, like, I can really start to believe that. I can really start to accept that in myself. Well, let's look for just a moment at the, at that definition, the belief, and, and unpack it just briefly. The belief that the universe is conspiring in our favor. What does that even mean? What is a belief? What does it mean to be in our favor? I think the, I think the actual one, I've changed it a little bit. The actual one is the universe is conspiring in your favor. But to me, that feels too egoic. And I, it reminds me when I say the universe is conspiring in our favor. It's not just about you and it's not just about me. It's about all of us. And what it reminds me of is other beliefs that I hold. So when we talk about beliefs, they're usually something that we developed before we were seven years old based on how we were raised, based on what our caregivers were like, based on what our parents were like or our grandparents, whoever was around us shaping our belief system because before we're seven years old, we're just absorbing it. We're soaking it all in going, what is acceptable? What is not? How do I behave to get my needs met over and over and over? And we're practicing. So if you keep trying to show up and share your voice and you're shutting, getting shut down, you're likely to have challenges with that when you get older, because that's how you grew up. Because you have neurological networks that support that belief. If I speak out, I get tear, torn down. If I say this in a particular way, I'm gonna be judged or made fun of. Whatever the things were that happened in your personal life. And I was working over the last three months with a health coach for myself. That was one of my coaches. And he said to me in a moment, I said, this is gonna sound weird and it's very personal, but here's this thing I'm struggling with. I don't even remember what it was now, but it was something that I prefaced it with that. And he said, you know, the more personal something is, the more universal it is. And I went, I'm going to sit with that. And I agree. So when we look at the statement for pronoia, the belief that the universe is conspiring in our favor, the very first thing to examine for, for you or for anyone listening to this later, what are your beliefs? What do you hold to be true for you? And when did, when can you trace that back to? Because almost always, almost always, more often than not, we can find a specific event when we developed that belief. I remember I shared that in class in second grade and everyone started laughing at me. And ever since then, I've had a problem getting in front of a group and sharing something vulnerable or whatever the thing is. We can usually trace it back to an event. So 
the very first thing, the belief that the universe is conspiring in our favor starts with what are your beliefs? For me, it was easy to bring on this belief because I had built several beliefs over the last year, few years in my spirituality that made that an easy step. So if the if a belief you're a new belief you're taking on is too far from where you currently stand, you'll have a ton of resistance to it. If it's kind of a baby step, you'll go, oh, that makes sense, because I have other beliefs that can prop that up and support that belief. So my beliefs under the pronoia belief is that I really have begun to see that everything is a reflection of who I am inside. This conversation with you right now is, is a reflection of a part of me. When I go out and buy groceries, the situations I engage with that I really can relate to or I'm resistant to are reflections of me. In our culture, in American culture, we've been sold this myth and this narrative that we are separate. This is another version of my beliefs that we are separate from nature. Albert Einstein said, if we look deep into nature, we will understand everything better. And if you sit and look at a tree and see how its leaves and its branches stretch out, they say that every leaf is another root that comes out on the bottom and it's equally mirrored as above, so below. That's what they say. Right. And if you were to look at an x-ray version, you, you would see the root system mirroring the leaves and the canopy up above. If you take that image and you look at star systems and galaxies, they look similar. If you then compare that to the neural network in the human brain, it looks similar because we are nature. We are the universe. We are similar to the trees in that it, it's so interconnected. We are not this separate thing from nature. We are interconnected and constantly co-creating with the world around us. If you were sitting here in front of me right now, the very words I'm speaking would affect the atoms that would come to you. And if I just ate garlic, you would smell it <laughs> because those molecules have traveled from my mouth through the air to your nostrils, co-creating. In a matter of speaking, but yeah. <laughs> co-creating. So I hold this very strong belief that we are co-creating with the universe around us. So what am I adding? What am I taking? How am I standing in my space around me? And how am I impacting everything around me? The beautiful thing with human beings is we can create worlds. We can create cities and lakes and we can build and we can destroy. Other species don't do that. They just step right into the flow of things and do what they're best at. But you don't see squirrels building homes in trees no. or, or cutting trees down and building whole communities. They're, they know their lane and they stay in, in it. Human beings, we have consciousness. And because we have consciousness, we have a responsibility to accept our impact. So that brings me back to pronoia in we're going to discuss what the equation is. 
I, before we got on this, I was telling you, I love to make ontological equations for different concepts that are these abstract concepts, because one, I'm not a fan of math (laughs) and making an ontological equation helps remind me that what's in the way is the way. That's one. And two, it helps put substance to this thing that kind of feels floaty up here, like, okay, pronoia, the belief that the universe is conspiring in our favor. But what does that actually mean? What does that look like? So Ryan and I are going to talk about that equation and and you agreed for us to go through it for you personally. Sure, sure. I'm a little nervous, but definitely excited to, uh, to go down this, go down this rabbit hole. I am, I'm excited to see what we discover. Yes. And the, for the listeners, the equation goes like this. Pronoia equals awareness. And then in parentheses, gratitude plus surrender, close parentheses, minus, open a new parentheses, fear plus doubt, close parentheses, multiplied by possibility. So we're going to go through that with whatever Ryan feels like sharing publicly. Sure. sure. <laughs> we're going to go through this process. And um, so think of something that you've either had some resistance to, or it's been a bit of a setback or a challenge, something that you would like to work through and get that in your mind and, and tell me when you've got it, you're ready. Gotcha. Gotcha. And by the way, I will include that uh, that equation in the show notes if people are listening to this and want to be able to be able to take a take a look at this in their own lives. So, all right, all right. So the spotlight gets bright. Let's do this. Um, well, definitely something that I am finding a a lot of resistance to in my life is this idea that my story, the story of who I am is important to the world. Like my my current writing project is a memoir and this was this has been something that has been in my that has been in my space for several years now but during times and and the memoir is just very broadly is how I found my voice but I'm running into a lot of resistance in certain stories that I share in certain aspects of it that I'm running into resistance of why would a reader give a flying honk about any of this stuff? I'm just a guy. I'm just a, I'm just a writer, a coach, a podcaster with a day job. I'm just, I'm just me. But the, the true belief that I have is that my story really can't impact the world. But that's sort of the, 
I guess the grown up little boy take on uh, what I'm looking at with this particular uh, aspect of my life. Got it. This is perfect, Ryan. It's perfect. I am so excited. Okay. So this is the, this is the first piece is the awareness, like within awareness in this equation, we observe what the scenario is. So this is how we're going to break down awareness. The first thing is going, okay, so what's actually happening? And you gave a perfect example of the scenario and the circumstances and what the challenge is. Now we're going to go deeper and we're going to start separating surrender and gratitude from fear and doubt, because then once we separate surrender and gratitude and fear and doubt, we can play with those dials and, and you had a great analogy with a bathtub. So do you want to just briefly share that with the audience, your analogy of a bathtub, so they can kind of keep that in mind as we go through this, or you want to share it at the end? Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, just to kind of fill you all in, the analogy that I had was that if you're getting in the shower or getting in a bath, when you get in, when you feel the temperature of the water it's and it's too hot you don't get mad at the water you adjust the temperature of it the hot water is not going to go away you're just replacing a little bit of it with the cooler water perfect so that is what we're going to do with gratitude and surrender and fear and doubt so let's start with and this is Awareness will multiply by that and then it will multiply by possibility. So we're just kind of going to, the awareness is the whole thing. So what are you grateful for in this project? Specifically, the more specificity you can have, the better. What are the top three things you're grateful for? Okay. I'm grateful to, to be in a position to actually write this project, to actually write this book, to be able to have the command of the language that I have to be able to write this and share this story. I'm grateful for my, for my journey in it from the guy who would from the kid who would stay in his room all day long with the door closed playing video games to the man who actively seeks out sharing his story, speaking engagements, that sort of thing. And a third thing I would say The third thing I'm grateful for is just, I believe my own belief that, that despite the fact that I'm not famous or well-known yet, that my story not only can have an impact, but already has had an impact on, on my world. Perfect. And so now we've got 
the gratitude. You're grateful you're in a position that you can write this. You're grateful that even though you're not famous, it's still having an impact. And you're, what, tell me the middle one again. Really my journey, my journey in going from the, the kid who stayed in his room all day long, afraid of everybody, to actively seeking out opportunities to share my story. Awesome. So going from being frozen to taking action, inspired yes. action. Yes. Perfect. Those are beautiful things to be grateful for. Now, grounding into that gratitude, can you let go of any results that may come out of sharing that? Sharing that meaning the book or sharing what I just shared? Either way that you want to relate to it. Okay. All right. I see you. Um, Yes, there is. I can definitely. I can definitely surrender the uh, let go of the results of. how I believe this book should look. Perfect. Yeah. Let's just stick with that one piece because okay. I can feel some resistance coming in there. And there, it's no, there is, there yeah, is. Yeah. Absolutely. So what you do hold on to in those moments is the one piece you can surrender. And I felt that I felt, okay, I can surrender how the book looks. That's the one piece I can ground into. So you've got some pieces of gratitude. You've sprinkled in a little bit of surrender, what you were able to grab. You had to search for a minute. Where, where can I surrender the results? Because I could, I could hear intuitively, but this, but this, but this, but this, but this. I can't surrender this. I can't sur I do want results. I do want this to be this way. I do want, okay, that's okay. We will get there. And, but you found one. And you found one that you could surrender. I can surrender how the book will be structured. I'm okay with however that becomes. Does that sound, does that resonate? No, I'm definitely aligned with that. Perfect. Okay. So we can ground there. That's stable ground. It's not shaky, right? Yes. Got it. Okay. So now we're going to package that into its own little space and we're going to put it on the shelf in a beautiful, beautiful packaging. Now we're gonna come back into the awareness of you, of Ryan Hall, and we're gonna look at those fears and doubts. So just rapid fire, we're not gonna do it quite the same as structured as gratitude. Rapid fire, cause I can feel them. Tell me some fears, tell me some doubts. My story is unimportant. Nobody's going to care. Nobody's going to listen. Nobody is not going to matter to anybody that I'm, I've overinflated my own sense of self-worth, that there's a narcissism involved with this. Um, that's not going to be read because I'm not famous yet. 
Um, Got it. So even just in that, I wonder if the listeners feel the way I do, but I can feel how that's a, that's a bigger basket than the gratitude and surrender. So now we're going to take that currently bigger box and we're going to wrap it up in beautiful packaging and put it on the shelf. Now we're going to take a look around our metaphorical room and gain awareness of what we see. We've got surrender and gratitude in a small but beautiful box. And then we're going to look over to the other side and we're going to see the fears and doubts. And the doubts are, I'm not enough. What if no one listens to this? What if no one reads it? What if no one, what if it matters to no one? I'm not famous. Those are mostly doubts. The fears come in of, so there's the doubting of yourself. And then there's the fear that it won't impact anyone. There's the fear that it will just be left off to the side, that it won't be noticed that you will remain unseen. The problem happens in our life when that becomes the headline. When that box and that container is bigger than the gratitude and the surrender. And this equation, even though there's a minus, is not about completely removing fear and doubt from the room. It's a matter of shrinking that box and expanding the gratitude and surrender box. We are creators as human beings. So now go into your mind and go into that room. Let me know when you see both boxes. I'm there. Got it. Now I want you to take that fear and doubt and tell it, I see you. I feel you. I hear you. Fear and doubt. I feel you. I see you. And I hear you. I love you. I love you. Thank you for keeping me safe for so long. Thank you for keeping me safe for so long. You get to stay in this room, but you no longer get to drive. You get to stay in this room, but you no longer get to drive. Anchor into that. And as you anchor, visually see that box shrink into the size of a ring box. I'm there. Perfect. Now turn your attention over to Gratitude and surrender. We're going to say a few things to this box. I see you. I hear you. I see you. 
I hear you. You're not as easy for me as fear and doubt because you haven't been with me quite as long. You are not as easy for me as fear and doubt because you haven't been with me as long. And I'm ready for what you're trying to teach me. But I am ready for what you're trying to teach me. I will practice. I will practice. I love you. I love you. All right, come back. And that box, oh, I meant to have us blow that box up. So go back in really quickly. Go in and blow that box up so that it's six feet by six feet. And it's this beautiful, funny beach ball. And it just fills you with this warmth and this love. Reminding you, you got this. Because this is the language of gratitude and surrender. You got this. Fear and doubt's there, but don't let it drive. I'll help you drive. You're going to follow the whispers. And you're going to look for the wonder. And you're going to look for the awe. And you're going to feel scared sometimes. And you're going to feel the fear. And you're going to feel the doubt. But that's okay because it's not in the driver's seat. You and I were in the driver's seat and we're going to look for everything that's fun and amazing and that lights you up even though fear and doubt still in the room. And then it asks, are you ready? Are you ready? And how do you answer? Let's do this. Now come back. How do you feel right now in this moment? Coming into this conversation before we even got on uh, this connection, I felt very tight. Like my energy felt very tight. It's like a uh, an analogy I like to use is a guitar string that's about to snap when I get like this. But I just feel so much looser, like my chest feels looser. I just a lot more free and easy. And I feel like my vision for this book is starting to really come alive I believe beautiful that's something to be grateful for indeed so when we calibrate ourselves here where we turn up the volume on surrender and gratitude and we start looking for those things we will start finding evidence of it in our external environment we'll start going you know I'm actually really grateful that I have this glass of water on my desk right now because I've been talking a lot, which I actually don't. I just finished it all. So it's right. a bad example. But I'm, I'm grateful that I have, mm, I'm grateful that I have my chapstick right here because I use it often. I'm grateful that 
I brought my animal spirit oracle cards with me from New York because I like to play with them every couple of days. I'm grateful for this piece of sage that a friend gave to me because every time I breathe it in, I feel like I just cleansed my sinuses and my senses. Well, you can, you can practically smell that through the, uh, through the computer screen here. (laughs) So when we shift that in ourselves and we tune in like your bathtub analogy and we turn up the the cool water to adjust our internal temperature or maybe the bathtub was too cold and we need to add some heat to it whatever it is fear and doubt and gratitude and surrender are the same way they are dials that we can adjust inside ourselves and what happens far too often when we're in shame we or we're we're stuck or we're procrastinating or we're not getting something done is we have turned up the volume unconsciously or subconsciously on fear and doubt. And that is running the show and it's running us and it's driving our behavior and it's driving our actions. But if we can pause and step back and recalibrate internally to having surrender and gratitude be the headline and fear and doubt be the subtitle. Everything shifts. Now we take that that we just did together and we multiply it by possibility. So now in this new way of being, this new state that you've adjusted internally in yourself, what's possible? What are two things that are possible right now that you see? Well, one thing is completing this book, getting it published. Um, so anchor into that for just yeah, a moment. Anchor yeah. into that, feel it, that possibility that I am going to finish this book and say it as an I am statement because that is a prayer. That is a declaration. I am going to finish this book and I am going to get it published. I am going to get this book finished and I will get it published. How does that feel? Did you notice the fear and doubt box grow just a little bit? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and you can laugh at that when you see it as a room in yourself, like, oh wow. All of a sudden the roles just switched, right? The fear and doubt just blew up as the, as the beach ball and the beach ball of, surrender and gratitude shrunk. So you go back into your room and you go, interesting. So when I make that declaration, it switches automatically. Let me go back in and let me use this equation to find with that statement, where can I find gratitude? Where can I surrender results? And where can I turn the dial down on the fear and doubt? But you have to go in, in yourself and physically acknowledge internally the fear and doubt that comes up around that statement. And you go, okay, I'm afraid that won't happen. I'm afraid I won't be consistent. I'm afraid it won't get done. And you let it, you let it blow up. You let yourself acknowledge the fact that it has gotten big. The only way to bring it back down is go, I see you. I hear you. I love you. That's such a beautiful point because so often I find that 
I that the fear and doubt box that my my default way of being in something like that instead of just like hey I acknowledge you I hear you you're there is to douse it in gasoline and set it on fire then the whole room on fire yes but it's, <laughs> it's always still there it's, it's, still gonna be, it's still gonna be there it's never gonna it's never gonna turn into ash it's still gonna be there it's still gonna be looking at you like really dude it's impervious to being eliminated yes and that's really important for the the listeners to really hear those of you listening hear this call you will never be devoid of fear and doubt it will always be there in some capacity. The only part that we can control is how much space it takes up inside of us. And when we hit up against it, when we hit resistance, that is a beautiful moment to go, ooh, ooh, I just found a statement or a new belief that I'm really resistant to. So internally, the balance is a little out of whack. And what I mean by that is the balance has shifted from awe and gratitude and surrender into fear and doubt. And so if I stay here and don't pause and go internally and look at this, that fear and doubt will drive my behaviors going forward whenever I make this statement. And I'll stop doing what I'm doing. I won't take the risk. I won't jump out. I won't take action, I'll freeze, I'll, I'll step into one of the things of, I forget what they're called right now, but fight, flight, fear, or fight, flight, freeze, faint, or fawn, which are the five, the five Fs. So you will step into one of those if you don't stop and take responsibility for the fact that your, your bath water is off. Yep. It's either too hot or it's too cold and you cannot get in that tub which is your declaration until you even that out. Amen. Amen. I, that is just, that's a really powerful image for me to really sit with as I move forward in this particular project to say nothing of other uh, business opportunities and relationship opportunities that I have in my space in, in moving forward with this kind of stuff, because I like I flashed on this image as we were talking about this, and that I I had somebody say say about me that I reminded them of a warm, comfy fireplace, like just very you know just very warm and grounded. Never like an never like a giant inferno, but just like warm and grounded and comfortable. And I find when I look just when I look at my projects, when I look at my life from that lens of staying with that fireplace, my life is a lot more free and open and available to that possibility but when I turn it into that giant inferno that's when the fear and doubt box grows and grows and grows until it's like the state puff marshmallow man 
Yes, 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 and yes. So when we can take responsibility for what's happening inside of us, now all of a sudden that that thing didn't work out or that didn't happen or that didn't go the way we wanted it to, none of that matters. Because we get to tune into what, what's working and what's not working for us. And when we get to the possibility part of this equation for pronoia, that's where we'll find where our stuck points are. And we go back through the equation and we keep going back through it until we can identify our next moves of possibility. But we may have to go through that equation five, 10, 15 times before we can see real possibility and real inspired action that we can take from a place of groundedness, of truth, of gratitude and inspiration. But we gotta get ourselves right first. It is nobody else's job but ours. And then the universe goes, oh, just you wait until you see this shit. <laughs> then it can respond, then it can work with you and it can go, look, this wasn't working because this door needed to open over here but you couldn't see it because you were in fear and doubt. Now you're looking for what's beautiful. You're looking for wonder and curiosity and awe and you're playful and you're, you're grateful and you're surrendering. And because that's where I vibrate, this is what the universe is saying. Mm -hmm. Now I can show you the possibilities. Totally, totally. It's like, as you were saying that, I'm getting just this image of myself at like 12 years old when life was, or maybe before 12, that's a conversation between me and my therapist, but like as a, as a younger child of just seeing that magic and that possibility and that, um, that wonder, that awe, it's just such a beautiful word for it, of the world that's when I'm at my most creative. That's when I'm at my most charming, really. And that's when I'm at my most effective, not when I'm letting that fear and doubt box drive my life like a, you know, like a top fuel dragster. And what's really interesting is when we have conversations like this, so often it becomes eliminate fear and doubt, they're in the way. Like that's what the message ends up being. But when you do that, then when the fear and doubt pops up, because it will, the minute you hit something that you're not, that, that you have resistance to, that's the fear and doubt popping back up. It will come back over and over and over because we're human beings and it's natural. If you have developed a belief that it shouldn't be there, then when it pops up, you're judging the fear and doubt for existing. Who am I to be afraid of this? I'm a coach. Who am I to be not letting, not like, why can't I just be grateful? That's, this shouldn't be here. Why is this not? So now you're resisting the very resistance. And you get all twisted up and we all do it, especially the more we learn in personal growth. But if you can step back and remember that your internal bathtub, the temperature is off. That's it. It doesn't mean anything more than that. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with the water. You just got to change the dials and get back to it. The bathtub isn't broken. Nope. 
And if the knobs are broken, then you go heat it up on your stove and you put some hot water in there or you get some cold water and you pour it in. You find other possibilities that can help you get that temperature where you need it to be so that you can take a bath. Yes. And I think that's a beautiful place to leave this off here, Christina. It, you know, just to our listeners, to, to those who are listening here, I've gotten so much out of this conversation just sitting here and breaking down this particular um, this particular aspect of my life in such a kind of a linear way. I've gotten a ton out of it just in less than an hour. Wouldn't you like some more of this? Wouldn't you like to be able to connect with Christina? How can people do that? They can go to my website, empowerhuman.com or christinacrooks.com if that's easier to remember. Uh, They go to the same place. So empoweredhuman.com, there's a, just scroll down just a little bit and you can book a conversation and we can see what fits for you. Whether that's just in that moment and I can offer you a suggestion or you are looking for a coach or you need a book recommendation or I know someone else that might be a better fit for you, you can book a conversation there. That's where everything starts in conversation. Beautiful. Christina, this has been a true treat. I'd love to do it again. Thank you for having me, Ryan. It's been wonderful. My pleasure. And that'll do it for this episode of the Solar Powered Podcast, a presentation of Royal Hearts Media. For more information about me, you can follow me on my social media machine at Ryan Hall Writes on Twitter or Royal Hearts Media on Instagram, or just shoot me a good old fashioned email at royalheartscoaching at gmail.com. That'll do it for this episode. Until we meet again, this is Ryan Hall saying thanks for listening. So long for now. I love you all and go get solar power.